You're listening to the Pajama Pack Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis Romerl. I'm so excited for you to be here and learn with me today. Grab a notebook and a pen, and let's get down to business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the last episode of the March series where we've been talking about finding your why. Today, I got to sit down and talk with Madison Frugier, who is an amazing women's empowerment coach, and I think that you're really going to love what she has to say about the way that she found her why and the way that she continues to serve her community today. The April series will begin next week, and we will be talking about how to work from home. I've been receiving a lot of messages from the Pajama Pack community on just kind of learning how to find structure and what to do when you're working from home. I know that this COVID-19 thing is just kind of putting a wrench in everyone's plans and I'm going to do what I can to serve you all and make sure that you have the tools that you need to be in a safe place and work really efficiently from there. Another thing is that I will be opening up a la carte options in terms of coaching. Um, Aaron and I have been talking about this and I think that this is a really cool way to kind of get everything off the ground, especially during the coronavirus crisis right now. And if you want to do a quick session where we go over your resume and just completely redo it um, without signing up for like a large six month package. Um, we can do that. So if you, that will be available on April 1st. So if you want to do that, send me an email, alexismromerl at gmail.com. Um, or you can send me a message on Facebook or Instagram, any way that you want to get a hold of me. I'm really excited about this. I think that there are a lot of companies that are hiring immediately because they can't keep up with the demand of all of the, you know, toilet paper hoarders and everything like that. Um, so if we can get, some of the community out and serving others. Um, that's what we need to do. So if your resume needs to be fixed and if you want to have a quick phone call or a zoom meeting, um, or if you want me to just look at it and send you some notes, let's do that. Um, so yeah, just contact me if you want to do that. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Madison Fugier. I'm so excited for you to hear it. Um, all of her information is in the show notes. You can find her on Instagram. That's where she spends a lot of her time. So I hope that you enjoy it. Please send me feedback, leave reviews when you can leave reviews. The more reviews that we have, the higher that we are on the charts for business podcasts. And we're reaching a lot of people outside of the United States and Canada. 5% of our listeners are actually overseas. So I'm so excited to announce that that's just like that's crazy that we're already reaching around the entire globe so continue to do what you're doing I'm so grateful for you and I hope that you like this conversation okay Madison why don't you give me a little bit of background about you and what you do Okay. So first I want to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Of course, my name is Madison. I am an empowerment coach. I work with women to help empower them break free of complacency in their life, their relationships, and their business. I specifically work with my clients focusing on self-love, being unapologetically who they are, and getting to know themselves. And then also I work with business confidence. Um, I am a very new entrepreneur. I just launched my business not even four months ago. And for this, I was um, a social worker, but didn't really find happiness in that career. And so I started exploring other options and 
stumbled upon after lots of different attempts, ended up stumbling upon entrepreneurship and, and life coaching. So that is how I got where I am now. Okay, cool. So you, after you graduated, um, you went to go work for like in the social work field and then you started traveling. Tell me about that. Yeah. So when I was in social work, I specifically was working with gender-based violence victims, which I loved doing, but I always felt like there were so many limitations on what I could do and how I could help people. And I was really unhappy with this. I actually went, worked for three different nonprofits and government organizations. It was within two year span and was didn't find what I was looking for in any of them. So I had traveled in high school. I studied abroad in high school. I studied abroad in college for a year. And I was like, why don't I explore options of how I can travel? Because I know that's something that makes me happy. So I ended up getting a job teaching English online and I quit my stable income job and decided to just fly over to Europe and house it and teach English online all over Europe. So I was there for six months. My original plan was to go for eight, but things happened, life changes and stuff. So I ended up coming home a little bit early, Um, but I went, hopped all over Europe, seriously started like, I started in the Netherlands, went kind of all over the central places, went to the Balkans, ended up in England and Ireland. And actually my best friend came and traveled most of it with me. So that was just such an incredible experience. And I'm so glad I did it because that was what really led me to entrepreneurship. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Where was your favorite place to be? The hardest question ever. Um, I would say my top two favorites, I can't just say one. (laughs) Uh, My top two favorites are Italy and Ireland. Um, Italy, because I studied abroad there for only for five weeks in, in university and something about the way that the country made me feel, I felt so safe, but also challenged at the same time since I don't speak the language. And I just always described Italy as a place that like being there felt better than the feeling of being in love to me, which was like really profound, but it was <laughs> such an incredible country. And then um, Ireland is absolutely one of my favorites. I am Irish. Um my great-grandmother was born there and came to the U.S. and Ireland's such a beautiful country. I actually, when I was in Europe, went there and tracked down my long-lost family. So I have like a lot of emotional connection to the country now as well. That is so cool that you did that. Yeah, it was an incredible experience to say the least. Yeah. So then you got drawn to entre- entrepreneurship, which I love stories like that. Like, so I've, I've talked to some fellow entrepreneurs and they're like, I I wouldn't have it any other way. I feel like I, I am a completely new person by doing this. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. I never considered myself an entrepreneur. I always felt like it was a great thing for other people and just never thought it was something that I could do. Um, but I always was someone that was looking for different opportunities, different things. I was always doing things that nobody else was doing my whole life. And just started, like, found someone on Instagram who's now my business coach and just was, like, realized that it's a real thing that you can do is start your own business and then started to really, like, do the mindset work to realize that this is also an option for myself. And now that I've done it, there's no way I could go back to sitting in an office or doing something that someone else is telling me to do. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about your virtual support groups. I saw on your Instagram that you're, you're holding those, especially right now during the whole coronavirus thing. Yeah. So I actually just created these on a whim. It was not part of my plan. 
um, for my business. But once everything kind of really blew up, at least in the US with coronavirus and everyone's lives just like immediately changing, I felt like I wanted to create a space that was more of a community. I felt like I had a community space like through my Instagram page, but that my people I was connecting with weren't connecting with each other, which I felt like there was a big gap there. So I, like I said, on a whim, like created a Facebook page and created these virtual support groups that I currently am holding for free. I actually have plans in the upcoming weeks. Um, I'm going to kind of revamp it a little bit and make it more of a sustainable option for myself as a business and for the participants. But as of right now, I really just threw it together. I wanted to make a space where the woman that came on there felt like they were 100% comfortable talking about the things that they were going through right now. And we talked, I've had, so I've held two so far. Um, I had about six women show up for each, which was really exciting. It was like a perfect amount of support. And we talked about all the individual things that we're all going through, myself included, like nobody, no matter how like in touch we are with our, ourselves and how healthy we feel, like no one is immune from the craziness that's going on right now. And just, so we talked a lot about how we're feeling, what we're going through, what it is that we can do to make this easier on ourselves, who we can lean on in our lives. We, we had one of the calls where we just kind of spoke about whatever we wanted. And then the second one was a little bit more structured. And we talked specifically about support groups in our life and and like the support, like from our family and friends, like where are we getting support? Where are we giving support? Do those things line up? So I really like the structure of it that way. Um, it's a little bit more casual than an, a coaching call. Um, so mm-hmm. I really like, encourage all the participants to support each other. It's not just me telling them or talking to them. Like we all are talking to each other. Um, when I was working in social work, I used to run, I was like the person that was leading support groups in our local jail with a group of women that were all gender-based violence survivors and people who are battling with addiction. And that was something that when I started the job, they kind of just threw on me because the person whose position I took that had left was running it. I had no experience in running support groups and I just took it on and it ended up being my favorite part of the job. I absolutely loved it. So once I had this feeling like I wanted to do something for my community, I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly what's what's needed. So it's been so much fun. Like I said, I've only done two of them so far, but I feel like they have been so, so valuable. So I'm yeah, really, yeah looking for ways to make it more of a program, more something that's like a, a staple for my community and myself as well. So where can um, where can some Pajama Pack listeners find these support groups if they wanted to use them? Yes. So I have it on, um, it's exclusive for anyone on my Facebook group, which is open for anybody that is woman, woman identifying or someone that is gender non-binary. I want it to be a space where everyone feels comfortable. And what it is for me, I personally feel like the groups that are mostly women only were the spaces on Facebook that I felt safest. And so I wanted to create that community as well. So I have my Facebook group is called the Unapologetic Entrepreneur. Um, community with Madison Fougier. And while it's named for entrepreneurs, it is open for everybody. So I would love, love, love if everybody listening would go join. It's been such like I just started a couple weeks ago. Um, We have so many members in there. People are really, really active and just it's a really positive place where there's a lot of support and people feel really comfortable sharing like the reality of their life instead of feeling like they have to hide behind this like professional veil. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I totally agree with you. I, I am in some different groups. There are a lot that I'm in that are like 
for women entrepreneurs. And I just feel like I I receive as much as I give to those groups. Like I feel like I'm heard and I'm actually getting profound real advice and people are kind. Like there are some other groups that I'm in like just for young professionals and, and I don't I don't post much in there because I, I'm afraid that like I will get denied advice. Yeah, yeah I think there's a, a lot less trolls when you kind of control who enters the community and who doesn't. So, and that's something I'm like really, really careful with moving forward. Anybody that seems kind of off, I don't want them to be a part of the community because I don't want anybody to feel unsafe, which like, I agree with you. There's a lot of groups that when they're open to really just anyone who wants to join, that doesn't really create a safe space. It creates a space where people like feel afraid to be vulnerable in it. So yeah, I absolutely agree. So what advice do you have for any women who are kind of internally struggling to find their passion right now? Because I feel like you kind of went through that when you were working in social work, like you still loved the idea of serving your community and giving back to people, but you weren't doing it in the correct space. Like how would you guide another woman who might be feeling that way? Yeah, I would say some of the, one of the biggest things is blocking out all the noise and the static that's around you. Everybody has an opinion on how you should live your life. Every Everything you watch on TV or person you talk to, you're getting messaging that you have to do things a certain way. And I think just blocking all that out, blocking out the pressure that you're putting on yourself as well is huge. When you're telling yourself, I need to find what I'm passionate about. I need to find what I'm passionate about. You're never going to find it that way. So um, I consider myself to be a very multi-passionate person. I'm probably, I am genuinely passionate about like every single thing I talk about. I am just very like... I have strong feelings towards everything, very opinionated, and I care about so many different things. So it was always hard for me to like narrow it down. Like, what am I most passionate about? And so I just kind of explored all of my passions and let myself, like I let things that made me happy lead me towards where I am now. So like I am passionate about travel. I'm passionate about like my cat and I'm passionate about (laughs) helping women and being able to do what I want with my life while still impacting others. And so that when you put all those things together, that is kind of, I made this coaching business that allows me to be able to go anywhere I want in the world and be able to help people the way that I want. And so that really was just me like listening to myself and listening to the things that made me happy and just following them until they kind of all came together. So I think if you put this pressure on yourself, okay, I need to figure out what I'm passionate about. That's when it doesn't happen. It has to happen like genuinely and it's going to, you have to flow your way there. I'm kind of about to go off course here, but I'm just, I'm curious. Um, I'm really passionate about the fact that like your audience and your community are people that align with you in your values and in in your morals and and in the content that you post wherever you're posting. Where do you think that you're finding the most of your like true audience? Um, Do you mean like what social media platform or do you mean? Just like anywhere. Like are you, do you have a lot of people that in your community or from your past positions that follow you and, and work with you? Like, I know a lot of entrepreneurs are struggling to find their specific audience that resonates it like their content resonates with their audience. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, is it in Facebook groups? Is it on Instagram? Is it human to human? Is it via email list? Like where, what kind of communities are you building? Yeah. So most of my, other than my new Facebook group, pretty much everything I do is through Instagram. 
um, since I was traveling, I really, I was meeting a lot of random people, but I wasn't meeting like a community of people that were stable, that were really my ideal client or people that I wanted in the community that were, were right for it. Um, I, I have a, my older Instagram account that was my travel and personal account. I started building up a community there because I had a feminist travel blog. And for me, I think that my community has built itself, but I think mm-hmm. it's, it's through people like, like word of mouth, people like sharing things on social media about me, stuff like this, of course. Um, but for me, I think that I've been able to find that community just by being 100% authentic and being 100% like who I am. I found that people connect with me so much more when I do and say like the more ridiculous things that I'm feeling and post like 10 hundred cat pictures in a day. Like that is when people really make that connection. And when people want to get to know you when you're just 100% yourself, which is something that I preach every single day. It's something that took me a long time to get to this point where I'm confident and love myself so much. And it's stuff that I help my clients do. But I think that that is where my community comes from is that I am just so 100% who I am. And I am like that if I talk to somebody in person, if I'm talking to someone on a podcast, in the DMs, on my stories, in my posts, and people see that and then it makes them feel comfortable to be themselves around me. Yeah, I think that that, that speaks volumes. I've I've just been seeing a lot of people that are like, I can't find my audience. Like, I can't find people that align with me. And and I just want to be like, you can though. Like, they're still mm-hmm. there. Like, people are – if you're you, like, other people will want to be themselves too. Absolutely. Yeah. You you receive what you, like, put out. So yeah. you are – when I first started my business, my, my idea of who my ideal client was was off. I didn't understand what I wanted and I didn't understand what – I was looking for. And so I, I was joining these like self-love Facebook groups and I realized that the client I was trying to find was not the one I was actually passionate about working with. It was more, I wanted to work with women that were more like me a year ago, you know? And so trying to like, like I said, so I, I was looking for a specific person and I was like, these people aren't on Instagram. Like I was like, I don't know where to find these people. And then I realized, I was like, that's not true at all. Like my ideal client is actually the people that are attracted to me and the people that want to follow me. And I was overlooking the community that I had, although it was small since it was a new account. Um, Maybe I had like 400 followers at this point. I realized that I was trying to find my community somewhere else when they were already there. They were already the people that were aligning with me and I was overlooking them. Yeah. Um, So you talked a little bit to me earlier about shiny object syndrome, which I I literally – that is that's totally me. My husband will will say this to you, but like anytime I think like I want to do something, I'm like this is it. This is my thing. Like this is exactly what I want to do until like finally I'm like actually that's I like what I did yesterday instead of what I'm doing now. So like <laughs> go into some of the struggles that you face every day as a business owner and and talk a little bit about shiny object syndrome. Yeah, so shiny object syndrome is by far my biggest struggle. I think it was my biggest struggle getting to this point. I, like I said, I'm very multi-passionate. So part of me wants to work in politics. Part of me wants to like volunteer in the Peace Corps. Part of me wants to become president. And another part of me wants to like lead like feminist women's marches. And there's just so many things that I want to do and paths I could go down. And that is wonderful and it's a blessing but it's also such a detriment when you're trying to like do one thing and be disciplined so 
now that I have my business established and I feel very aligned with it, trying to actually do what I have planned for myself to do is very difficult for me. It's something that I work on really, really hard. Something that I work with my business coach on because that accountability piece helps. Um, it's like one of the one of the biggest reasons why I need a business coach because I need someone to be like Madison. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. So <laughs> I think it's I think it's okay, and I think that shiny object syndrome is a blessing in a way because you are you are excited and passionate about a lot of things, but it definitely hurts when you're trying to be structured and organized. So I just have to do a lot of like checking myself and time blocking and time management and making sure that. I also provide a space for myself when I'm not supposed to be working to explore those other shiny objects I'm excited about. So just this last week, I was like, I want to do digital design and I am not an artist by any means, by any means, I'm not an artist, but I was like, I just like all these drawings people make. And so I ordered a stylus on the internet. I took my mom's iPad and just like started drawing. And so instead of trying to incorporate that into my business, I've added it into my self-care like routine now and it's gonna be something that I'll do so using something I'm excited about and like separating the time and trying to be intentional about using it in a different way than trying to incorporate all the things that I love into one business has really trying to, to keep me disciplined that way I think that's that is like the best thing that I've ever heard like instead of like trying to make it your business like just make it for you and mm-hmm. and I think I really struggle with that too like I like interior design and like I don't I have zero reason to like interior design. I just watch a lot of HGTV and I'm always like, you know what? I should refurbish furniture. Like I should do it. And like that doesn't make any sense. That's in no way could I put my whole life into serving the HGTV like community. But every like 2 weeks I'm like, "Oh my god, this piece of furniture, I could totally flip it." And and I don't need to think that I can do that as a business. Like I can just like it. Yeah, it can be for fun and it should be for fun. You have to have something in your life that's fun, that takes up space, especially as entrepreneurs and people that work for ourselves. Like it's so easy to make every single moment of our life our business and then you want to monetize all of your skills. And even if I become really good at digital illustration, which I don't think will happen, but if it does happen, (laughs) it doesn't mean that I have to monetize it. It's allowed to just be something that's fun. Right. Yeah, I think I I definitely, that's resonating with me. So what are some of the biggest joys that you're facing right now as a new business owner? Um, Honestly, just like, I think that the the greatest part of this has been all of the self-discovery that's happened with it and the ability to help others as well. I think those are the two biggest things. So like help, it's helped me, which is so funny to me because I went into this being like, I'm so empowered. I have like, I'm so put together. I have such a great idea of what I want to do. And I remember I did a business coaching program when I started and my coach was saying to us that um, entrepreneurship is 80% personal development and 20% like strategy and business. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've already done all the personal development, whatever. And um, like, she couldn't have been more right, you know? So yeah, even though I'm like, I just feel like every single day within my business, I'm growing so much and that every single day I grow, I'm able to help my clients go through that same transformation and that same growth. So yeah, I think that's that's the most fun part. That's the most joyous part to me is literally looking at where I was a month ago and feeling like a whole new woman. I think that I'm so grateful for that. And I never got that out of any career I had or, or corporate job or anything that I did before. And of course, like being able to help my clients, being able to see the transformations that they make, being able to like witness them 
talk about things they've never talked to somebody about before or even like when I have clients like cry on a call and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, you can cry for the next hour if you want. Like, that's what we're here for. We're here to be open and we're here to be vulnerable and just seeing people be vulnerable that they're not when they're not used to being vulnerable like that is just such an amazing feeling in my eyes and makes all of the the struggles of entrepreneurship absolutely worth it. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, so let's this is like the most important question of the series is finding your why. And, and I've been leading like a small pack of like helping, you know, what is your why? How do you find your why? And it's, it's a simple question, but it's honestly packed with like so many whys. I have millions of whys. I'm sure you have millions of whys. And um, so just kind of, why don't you walk me through your journey and how you found your why and what it is? Yeah. So my why is very new to me. It wasn't until maybe eight months, six or eight months ago that I actually realized what it was. And when I look back in my life, I realized that it was the leading factor for everything I always did, but I never was able to identify it or put a word to it. So my why for me is freedom, just absolute freedom, um, being able to do what I want, help who I want in the way that I want, be where I want, um, those things that is so important to me. And I never, I never saw it. Like I said, I never identified it as freedom that I wanted. I always actually had this like weird feeling about that word. Cause I just always associated it with this like hardcore Americanism using the word freedom. And I didn't like that. And so I never really strongly identify with the word. Like I just felt like it was too tied with the country and I don't know, maybe yeah. I'm weird about it. And it wasn't until I was in Europe. It was actually, there was like one specific day that it just hit me. And it was my best friend and I were in Croatia and we were traveling around Croatia. We were there for about a week and a half. We had spent a little over a week in the Northern part of the country and or kind of central in a city called Zadar. And then we went to Dubrovnik just for two days. We were only in Dubrovnik for two days. And we, before we were moving on to Montenegro, the next country and we got there and just something about the way that we handled it. We, I realized that we were choosing what we did with every single moment of our life. And we went, like we when we were in Dubrovnik, we took the day off. We didn't teach at all. We didn't work. We just went and enjoyed the day, walked around the city. We ended up running into a bunch of like college kids that were spending their semester on a boat. And it was like so weird. We ended up spending the entire night with them. And it was just like, we went into the day with an expectation of one thing and the day turned into something completely different and realizing like that we just created this life where we could do whatever we wanted. It just, there was like such a light bulb moment that day that I was like, Oh, this is what I've been searching for my entire life. And realized that that day I realized that I would never be able to go back to a situation where I didn't feel free, whether that mean a nine to five job or being in a relationship where I wasn't putting myself first um, that was like the day that I was like, okay, enough is enough. Like I know that freedom is the biggest priority for me in any facet, whether that be location, financial, how I'm going to help people without being all this red, without there being all this red tape. So yeah, it took a while to get there and to realize what it was. But once I realized that freedom is my why I will never be settling for anything that doesn't have freedom as like the number one benefit of it. That is so cool. And are you seeing that you're making changes like throughout your everyday life, like to make sure that you're, you still have all of the power? Yes, definitely. So 
I personally am, I consider myself um, a recovering serial dater. I (laughs) have officially been single for the past 11 months, and that's the longest by far that I've been single since sixth grade. Um, if you count all those like week-long relationships in middle school. Yeah. (laughs) um, And I always was someone that was putting my partners first. And I realized that it wasn't necessarily my partner's fault, but my own fault that I didn't know how to be my own person when I was with someone else. And when I made that realization, I made a commitment to myself to stay single because I would just like just find a new boyfriend, whether we were a good fit or not. It's just something I, I couldn't stop myself from doing. And of course, there's we could go. I could go very in depth as to why that is, but we won't, we don't need to go all the way there today. <laughs> but um, I made the commitment to myself to stay single, and I think that that has been one of the biggest driving factors that have let me get to where I am. That I really like, like just unapologetically was like, I'm putting myself first. I'm not letting anybody else in my life that's going to take away from me putting myself first, um, in a way that doesn't hurt anybody else, but that still benefits me. So that I think that's the biggest commitment I have made to myself and plan to make. Like I have made the full commitment that I will be single throughout the end of this year, 2021. Maybe I'll make a new commitment, but who knows? And I just know that for myself, like in order to obtain that freedom, I don't trust myself in a relationship to not take it away from myself. So that I think is the biggest personal commitment that I've made to ensure that I always have the freedom. I think that's awesome. I think that's really awesome. Well, I could sit here and talk with you forever, but um, we are running out of recording time. So I just, I want to thank you so much. Maybe in a couple of months, we can do a check-in and just see how your new business is going and if you are finding new whys and how you're building your brand up and all of those things um, and, and just kind of go from there. Yeah, I would absolutely love that. Awesome. Um, where is, I guess, Instagram would be the best place for the listeners to find you? Yes. Instagram is definitely where I spend almost all of my day. Okay. We'll make sure to put your Instagram handle in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for, for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun.